Hi, we're here from Curiosity.com to help you get smarter in just a few minutes. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn about why newborn babies' heads each smell distinct, why lemmings have a reputation for blindly following others, and five illegal drugs that you used to be able to buy as medicine. Let's satisfy some curiosity. If there's one thing all new parents know, it's that newborn babies' heads smell amazing. Now, for the first time, scientists have analyzed the chemical makeup of these odors, and it's shedding light on the formation of mother-infant relationships. Here's how they did it. First, scientists fitted five newborn babies with special hats full of smell-trapping beads to collect odors from their heads. Then they collected smells from vials of the mother's amniotic fluid. The samples immediately yielded a groundbreaking tidbit. A lot of scientists thought baby head smell came from amniotic fluid, but this team's analysis showed that the chemicals present in the baby head odor are different. What's more, the odors collected a few hours after birth were much more distinct from one another than the odors collected a few days after birth. This means that the smell helps create a distinct bond with a parent right away. Things got even more interesting when the researchers used the samples to see how easily adults could recognize a baby by smell alone. They made some artificial odor mixtures based on the head and amniotic fluid samples and asked 62 university students to smell them. 15 minutes after the first sniff, the students had to identify the sample they'd smelled earlier. Astonishingly, the students identified the smells easily, and they correctly matched the head smells more than 70% of the time. In contrast, the students could only match the amniotic fluid odors 55% of the time. So the substance babies are producing to create that smell is working as a unique identifier that might be used to form a bond with their parent and ensure they're fed, clothed, and safe. Newborn babies can't tell you what their needs are, but they can cry. And they can also declare their kinship and woo would-be caretakers with their intoxicating, one-of-a-kind smell. And according to this new research, that's probably enough. When you hear the word lemming, you might think of a person who blindly follows others. You might also think of that classic computer game with the little green-haired creatures who have to make it through each level by, well, blindly following others. But in fact, lemmings are real animals. They're furry little rodents that live in the northern hemisphere. They have big cheeks and tiny eyes. And they have a reputation for blindly following others, often right off of cliffs into the ocean, resulting in mass suicide. But it turns out that lemmings do not blindly follow each other. So why do we think they do? Well, it all goes back to a staged nature documentary filmed by Disney in 1958. To film one of these lemming mass suicides, producers bought little lemmings from Inuit children for $1 each, popped them into a truck, and drove them to a river for filming. Now let's pause for a dramatic reading of the narration on that film. As the lemmings run, Winston Hibbler says, quote, A kind of compulsion seizes each tiny rodent, and carried along by an unreasoning hysteria, each falls into step for a march that will take them to a strange destiny. That destiny is to jump into the ocean, unquote. Yikes. Then the viewer watches the lemmings leap off of a cliff into the water below. Because of this one film, many people still see lemmings as crazed creatures who might march to their deaths at any moment. But the truth is that lemming populations do fluctuate pretty wildly, and that can lead to some deaths. But lemmings don't die on purpose. 
Changes in climate, food, and predators can mean a lemming population can increase by a factor of 10 in a single year. When the population is high and food is scarce, lemmings move somewhere new. Sometimes, a large pack will run up against a river or lake, and eventually, they have no choice but to try to swim across. And sometimes, they drown. Okay, so that's sad. But it's also definitely not what Disney advertised back in the 50s, and thank goodness for that. Did you ever play the Lemmings computer game? Of course I played the Lemmings computer game. So good. Phenomenal computer game. I miss it. I actually downloaded an app on my phone that they they have the Lemmings game nowadays that's kind of like updated graphics. It's not the same. (laughs) It's not the same. Maybe I'm not the same. Maybe that's the difference. Great game, but it's kind of problematic in that it perpetuates the myth. It's true, but... It also perpetuates the myth that lemmings have green hair, and they don't. That's fair. Don't confuse lemmings the little people for lemmings the rodents. Exactly. Today's episode is sponsored by Skura Style. When's the last time you replaced your sponge? Your average kitchen sponge is pretty gross and hard to clean. And if you think you're cleaning your sponge by putting it in the microwave or dishwasher, then think again. According to a study published in the Nature Journal Scientific Reports, the weaker bacteria get killed off when you do that, and that leaves lots of room for, wait for it, the more harmful bacteria to thrive. Enter Scura. Scura-style sponges are made of a patented polyurethane foam and are antimicrobial, so they don't smell. They harbor 99.9% less E. coli than cellulose sponges. And they'll rinse clean, dry fast, and keep their shape. Microbiologists recommend changing a kitchen sponge every one to two weeks, and Scura makes it easy to do that. Scura's easy subscription plans mean you get sponges delivered right to your door, so you don't even have to think about when it's time to swap them out. So go to scurastyle.com now, enter curiosity in the promo box, and get your first month free. Just pay for shipping. You can cancel at any time. That's S-K-U-R-A style.com. Try the sponge seen on the Today Show that was called Life Changing. That's Skura Style, S-K-U-R-A Style dot com. Promo code CURIOSITY. We're going to wrap up with a fun history lesson about five illegal drugs that were once sold as medicine. Sometimes it might feel like it takes forever to bring a new drug to market, especially if that drug is desperately needed. Once you hear about these drug sales from history, though, I have a feeling that that rigorous approval process may not seem quite as bad. Number one on the list is MDMA which you may have heard referred to as ecstasy or molly or lots of other nicknames. MDMA was originally patented in 1913 as a helper compound in a drug to stop bleeding. In the 1970s, it was used in therapeutic settings. But in 1985, the FDA banned it, declaring it had no accepted medical use whatsoever. But then, in 2017, the FDA changed its mind and approved clinical trials of MDMA-assisted psychotherapy. Right now, it's being extensively researched as a potential treatment for post-traumatic stress disorder, or PTSD. Drug number two is a little less promising, to put it mildly. Heroin. Yes, we actually thought heroin was a non-addictive substitute for morphine when it was first produced in 1898. Once its addictive qualities became clear, it was banned in 1920. Drug number three, cocaine. It was used in 1885 in a variety of drugs thanks to its effectiveness as an anesthetic. So who could blame John Pemberton for adding it to his recipe for Coca-Cola? Yep, that urban legend is true. But around 1900, when its dangers became clear, 
Pemberton removed it from his recipe, and in 1922, cocaine was finally banned in the U.S. The fourth formerly legal drug is chloroform, which was used as a safer alternative to ether for more than a century, despite the risk of cardiac arrest. But the discovery of even safer anesthetics and research that linked chloroform to cancer in rats led to its banning in 1976. The fifth and final drug we'll mention used to be a cure for insomnia, and it was recently repopularized thanks to The Wolf of Wall Street, starring Leonardo DiCaprio. I'm talking about quaaludes, which were originally only on the market for 20 years. They were banned in 1983 after recreational use led to overdoses. So I'm definitely feeling better about the rigor of the FDA right now. How about you? Before we wrap up, we want to thank you for helping Curiosity Daily become a finalist for the Best Technology and Science podcast in the 2019 Discover Pods Awards. You nominated us, and now we're in the running for a little extra recognition. And if you wouldn't mind helping us out, then we'd like to ask for just one more favor. Please vote for us. Every vote seriously counts, so please visit awards.discoverpods.com, and you'll find us in the category of Best Technology and Science podcast. Voting is open through November 18th, so don't delay. Again, that's awards.discoverpods.com, or find a link in today's show notes. And thanks again. Okay, so why were we so excited about today's episode? Babies are awesome, and the fact that they all smell different when they're born is amazing. I think the youngest human I've been around in the last two years was like six. So, <laughs> Well, that's okay. Six-year-olds are also cool. No, it's really cool. Who knew that humans could produce so many unique smells? Unless you've been to like a music festival in the middle of a hot summer. Those are some pretty distinctive smells. A lot of smells there. And I was excited to learn that lemmings don't blindly follow others and that you might think so because of a staged Disney documentary from 1958. I can't believe that Disney steered us so wrong. You know what we should do with this misconception about lemmings? What? Let it go. Uh, Disney reference. Ha-ha. Ha-ha. I was excited because I thought it was really interesting to learn that you used to be able to legally buy MDMA, heroin, cocaine, chloroform, and quaaludes. If other people think this is cool, they should definitely go to the article because there are some amazing images of just, like, cocaine cough drops and, (sighs) like, heroin, like a little vial of heroin that's all pretty and decorated because heroin used to be a brand name. It was the brand name of the medicine. History is so weird. Yes. Today's stories were written by Kelsey Donk and Brian Van Hooker and edited by Ashley Hamer, who's the managing editor for Curiosity.com. Script writing was by Cody Goff, Sonia Hodgen, and Kelsey Donk. This podcast was produced and edited by Cody Goff. Join us again tomorrow to learn something new in just a few minutes. And until then, stay curious. On the Westwood One Podcast Network.